Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about a Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. Once upon a time, there was a handsome prince who set out on a quest to rescue a fair princess. For it was his destiny to climb to the highest room of the tallest tower, pull back the gossamer curtains to find her... What? Princess Fiona? She's on her honeymoon. With whom? On a new journey wow. to a distant land. Yeah, you work in that hat. Where Princess Fiona. Well, this is it. This is it. Can show off her new husband. <laughs> Our daughter has married a monster. <laughs> An ogre from a swamp. Well, I suppose that will be a fine place to raise the children. It's a bit early to be thinking about that, isn't it? Indeed. I just started eating. Harold! Shrek! Fiona! Donkey! It's so nice to have the family together for dinner. DreamWorks Pictures presents... Uh, excuse me, I'm looking for the ugly stepsister? Ah! Old friends. Shrek and Donkey on another whirlwind adventure! Whoa! And a few surprises. Pray for mercy from... Puss! In woods. Fear me if you dare. I'm sorry, the position of annoying talking animal has already been taken. They're coming soon to a theater near you. This is taking forever. Well, find a way to entertain yourself. Okay, Shrek 1's better, but Shrek 2's uh, just as great. Just kidding. Um, so yeah, we are in a new, se- not new series, but we've been going through a series called Now Playing, um, which, let me give you a quick overview. The series is talking about your identity and what defines it and what doesn't define your identity. And so the first week in Lion King, we talked about how Simba's past mistakes doesn't define who he is. And just like Simba, the prodigal son's mistakes doesn't define who he is, right? And then last week, Aaron talked about Spider-Man, which she did a wonderful job at, even though she didn't watch the movie. Um, We talked about Spider-Man's age and the fact that he's young doesn't define his ability to do whatever he needs to do. And that's the same with Timothy in the Bible. When Timothy's young, it doesn't define or limit what he's able to do and what God is calling him to do. And so with Shrek, it's pretty obvious that Shrek is uh, not the prettiest thing. He's actually pretty ugly, um, but he's an ogre, but he's not going to allow his outward appearance to define who he is because he understands that his inner qualities and his inner character is far more important. And thinking about outward appearance and how it doesn't completely match up with what uh, your character inside looks like, I thought about my cat. So I brought a few pictures of my cat. I'm a new cat owner. I've had her for about two months now, me and my wife. Her name is Koi. 
So we have a few pictures of her, and let me tell you, she is beautiful. She's so cute. And um, this is my first time owning a cat, but before owning the cat, I was never really a cat person. In fact, I thought that all cats were like spawns of the devil and, you know, they're just evil. But look how cute she is! She's so cute! I, there's even a video of her walking. Can you pull that up real quick? It's somewhere, it's like the last one, I think. Yeah, there, there it is. Oh, look at her! She's walking! Um, and, you know, looking at those pictures and looking at that sweet, sweet video of her walking, you don't know this, but she's actually really rude. She's really mean. Like, she's really aggressive. This morning, I had to put on two Band-Aids on my hand because I started bleeding because she clawed my hand out and bit because that's just the way cats are, I guess. But you wouldn't get that from looking at those, vid on, on, from those videos or those pictures because your outward appearance doesn't define who you are. Her cuteness does not define who she's inside, and she's evil, but she's still cute. But that same idea I want to bring into the Bible. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 7, we kind of get this idea about outward appearance and how it doesn't match up with um, the heart. And if you have your Bible, we're going to start reading in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Here's verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. So here is a little bit of context for what is going on in this passage. So Samuel is this prophet, right? And his job is to help lead and guide Israel. And before they had kings, they had guys like Samuel. But at some point, Israel and its people wanted to um, put a king in charge. And so they chose this man named Saul. And Samuel helped in that process. He helped bring Saul up and pretty much helped him to be the king um, that he became in Israel. And it turns out that after years of being king, Saul is a pretty awful guy. He doesn't obey the Lord. He doesn't obey the things that God instructed him to do. And he isn't fulfilling what God is calling him to do as king. And so we have Samuel here, whose job was to bring Saul up, who was to train him and pretty much take his place as leader of Israel. And we see that Saul is kind of a failure. So Samuel is sitting here in grief, dwelling on his mistakes, dwelling on his um, failure, not being able to do what God is asking him to do next. He's just kind of sitting and frozen. Has anybody in here made a mistake? Have you sat in your failure a little bit? I don't know if you have, but I for sure have. It's easy for me to just sit and think about what I've done and what I should have done and what I didn't do. And there's time to think about that and time for conviction, but there's times when God is telling you to get up and go. 
And this is what God is doing to Samuel. Samuel's sitting in his failure, but God is calling him to get up and go. Verse 2. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. You ever get to this place where God is calling you to do something, or he puts something on your heart, or you feel some kind of conviction or a push in your heart, and you're just like, ah, God, are you sure you want me to do that? Are you sure? You don't want me to do that, do you? Because I, I for sure have been through that plenty of times. Maybe he's calling you to do something that you're not really comfortable with. Maybe he's asking you or pushing you or putting something on your heart, like hanging out with that one kid at school that no one really hangs out with. Or maybe he's asking you to hang out with a kid that is sitting by himself in Bible study. That happens a lot. And seniors in here, maybe he's asking you or calling you to pursue a major or a study or a job that maybe you don't really have in mind, that you haven't really thought about. Maybe he's pushing you to a place you're not comfortable with. But I remember... um, this one pastor, he said, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. He'll take care of it. I remember when I was at um, a high school and I was a sophomore, I went to a student camp, and it was there when I felt like I was being called to ministry. And um, I, I heard that calling, and I, I fought it, because I don't know if you know this, but um, if you're working in a church, you're not making a lot of money. Um, Aaron knows that. Amen. If you're working in a church, <laughs> you don't get to do a whole lot of stuff that you'd be able to do if you were making a lot of money. Um, but as I was thinking that, the pastor said, hey, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. It's funny to say, but he'll take care of you. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of the situation that you might be uncomfortable in. He'll take care of the situation and the fact that if you're hanging out with the friend that no one likes to hang out with, he'll take care of that situation. He'll push you into a relationship, possibly, that maybe, you know, you'd really greatly appreciate in the future. Who knows? Who knows? Going on into verse 3. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for him, for me, him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peacefully? And said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited him to the sacrifice. I want to go to verse 4 real quick. It says, He went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the city came and trembling and said, Do you come here peaceably? And I say that because Bethlehem hasn't been mentioned a whole lot until this point. Right now, in present day, in 2021, we know a whole lot about Bethlehem. We know that Jesus was born there. We know that the line of David came there. So it's pretty popular. But at this point, Bethlehem is pretty ordinary. And I don't know about you, But I'm sometimes in a phase where I feel like I'm just living an ordinary life. 
I feel like I'm just kind of living in the day-to-day, like Bethlehem, in the ordinary. But God oftentimes works in the ordinary. Your life doesn't have to be exciting or thrilling to live a life that is honoring and pleasing to God. So keep going day-to-day and keep doing what God is prompting you to do. Get into the Word. Get into praying. Get into uh, groups that help lift you up and all that. And then we're going to go to verses 6 and 7, which is where we'll stay for the rest of the message. Verse 6. When they came, Samuel looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Guys, our, our nature, our physical nature, is to look at people and judge them by their appearance. That is just a flawed nature of ours. And it's easy to do because it's just, it's just this, you know? You just look, see, and judge. And it's so easy to do that. And I've been on both sides. I've judged people for sure from because of what they wear, what they look like, where they came from. And I've been on the other side of that. So I'm just going to put this out there. You may or may not know. But if you look at me, you might think he's Asian. I am. I am, in fact, Asian. And with that comes a lot of Expectations that people may or may not have, that the general public may or may not have. And some expectations I meet, some I don't. Uh, Like, for one example, one, I'm not that good at math. I'm not. Two, my grades are average. They're very okay. They're not great. And three, I'm not a doctor. I'm not. I'm here on the stage talking to you guys, and that's my job. But all those things, all those expectations don't define who I am and who I'm called to be and what I'm called to do. We aren't called to judge the outward appearance. And that doesn't just go with race. That can go with social media. Who are you trying to be on a platform like Instagram or TikTok or I don't know if you do Facebook anymore. If you do, it's props to you, you, you oldie. Totally kidding. But how often do we try to make a perception of ourselves on those platforms? Or how often do we try to put up a facade by wearing the best clothes, the newest clothes, or flaunting the money that we have or that our parents have? Outward appearance. It's so easy to do that. But we can't do that because we're called to look at their hearts, people's hearts. And physically, we can't do that. And as humans, we aren't able to truly look at people's hearts and their true intentions. But we can look at is what comes out of their heart. We're able to look at what people's heart produces we're able to look at what our hearts produce. 
we can see what they say, what we say, what they speak, what we speak, what they do, what habits people have produced, what habits we've produced. Are they honoring to God? Are they glorifying God? Are they lifting up our brothers and sisters? Are we lifting up our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we encouraging? Are we discouraging? Are we negative? Are we positive? And if we're asking the question, what comes out of the heart, we're also able to ask what goes into the heart. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Is who you're listening to building you up, encouraging you, pushing you to be, pushing you to be the Christian that you're called to be? What are you looking at? What are you watching? Dudes and girls, it is easy to look at stuff that pull you away from God um, so easily today just because of the phones in the pockets, and it's just so easy in 21 to do that. Who are we listening to? And what habits are you producing? Are you getting into the Word of God? Are you getting into a life of prayer? And even when observing patterns and noticing what goes in and out, we're still not called to judge people. We're called to love them exactly where they are. We're called to love people no matter how awful they may be, how good they may seem. We're called to love them exactly where they're at.